Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. That's sweet. That's my first time seeing it too, so that was awesome. Hey, if if you're new here, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining us here on our our one-year anniversary. I know we mentioned it a couple times, but... uh, we don't just want to celebrate because hype is fun and hype is awesome, because, but because we have something to celebrate. It, it's, it's incredible to think the story and the journey that we've been on as, as individuals and as a church over the course of the last year. But, but for myself, the journey really began almost three, four years ago now in September 2015. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, throughout the service. But thank you for being here. Because this is a testimony to God's faithfulness uh, in my life. You've been, you're an encouragement to me. Uh, you're an encouragement to our team. And I think that there is a possibility for something really incredible for you this morning if you are just open to it. I truly believe that when we are open to what the gospel has to say to us, but what Jesus has to say to each and every single one of us, there's the opportunity for more than just a feeling, more than just a moment, more than just some nice hugs on the way in, but an opportunity for real transformation and real change in our lives that pushes us forward into the purpose and potential that God has on the inside of every single one of us. But so glad that you're here with us today. You picked a great Sunday because we also got food after service, and so you know that's a good reason to stick around. But uh, one year as a church. So for myself, September 2015 was the beginning of the story. And then we moved out here in July 2017. September 2018, we got launched. And then a year has gone by. And let me just tell you that if you want to do something easy in life, don't do church planting. Uh, But if you want to do something that is meaningful and that is full of God's purpose and full of God's life, uh, find a church, find a local church to be connected to because God is working in and through churches all throughout the Lower Mainland. We moved out here with no friends, no family, no church connection, and just trusting that this is where God wanted us to be. And it has been an incredible testimony of God's faithfulness in every step of the way. So, uh, if you're here this morning and you're not sure about this whole God thing, uh, you're not sure about faith and about what Jesus claims about himself and who Jesus claims to be, if you're not sure about any of that, let me just say that you are so welcome here. That, That the journey of faith that you are on is valuable and it is meaningful. And you are allowed to ask questions. You are allowed to d- dive into these difficult conversations that so often we neglect or we push away because we don't want to hear the answers. But I have so much confidence, so much confidence in the Jesus that has brought us along this journey that the questions that you have to bring before him and the conversations that you are wanting to engage with are going to be met with so much hope, love, life, and promise for what your tomorrow could hold. So I want you to feel welcome here this morning wherever you may find yourself. Obviously, I woke up today uh, feeling a little bit excited, a little bit excited. There's a lot of excitement in the room, and, and it's fresh with opportunity and fresh with possibility. And let's be honest, September is kind of the real January. Life is getting going again after a summer away. You feel like you're getting back into the routine of things. You're getting back into the way things maybe were in June, and it feels like things are, are beginning anew. And, and I found myself thinking about what we were wanting to do in this September 
uh, this is our second September now, what we, what we were going to do and did we do things really right in the first September and should we just replicate and keep it as is and, and keep it going along that rhythm, find a rhythm, find something comfortable, find something that you know and then push into it. But I really felt challenged and it's a challenge I want to give to you this morning that often when we are used to the way of doing specific things, whether it's church, whether it's family, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your friend groups. We have a specific routine of doing things, wouldn't you say? Uh, a a day-to-day level of comfort that makes you feel like you're in control. And so I was challenged that perhaps that day-to-day level of comfort and control that I've often craved or pushed for or tried to manipulate my life to, to develop, perhaps that isn't God's intention. Perhaps there's more than what I'm currently experiencing and perhaps there's more than what you're currently experiencing. So we're going to, we're going to dive into a passage in Numbers chapter 14. And I'll provide some context around the passage, but I'm going to read it out and then we're going to dive right in. So Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and they wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. doesn't feel like a scripture that matches the vibe in the room, but that's okay. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your presence in this place and the invitation you give to us. I pray that this morning is is more than just hype and celebration, but it's an opportunity for every single person here to encounter you and encounter your transformation and and the life that you offer to us. May we discover you in you this morning. Teach us something that's real and is relevant and applicable to our lives. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, as you can see, I've got the City Collective shirt on, which is is a lot of fun. Um, And I've been told it kind of looks like the Iron Man sigil. Like, it just needs to be backlit, and it's Iron Man. So, very cool. And every good superhero has, has like, an origin story, right? So, for us, when we first got going out here, like I said, we didn't have any friends, family connections. We were, we were six individuals who moved into a house together and decided that we wanted to be part of starting a church out here in the lower mainland. And, and the way that we kind of stepped into that journey is we bought this, this extendable dinner table. And we made the decision that we were going to invite people to come and gather around that dinner table to share food together. Let's be honest, there's something beautiful about just sharing food together. Whether you like that specific dish or not, or if it fits your need, I think that food is one of those things that is surprisingly holy and wonderful. And it draws us together in these surprising ways. But that was one of the things that we did early and often. We had these dinner parties. And just this past Friday, we had our first dinner party of the fall, which was a lot of fun and it was really cool to feel like okay we're getting back into that rhythm of gathering around a dinner table and and it brought to my mind a a story and I'll ask you a question first but how would people explain your abilities as as a cook uh, in the kitchen Uh, uh, 
how would you explain yourself <laughs> in that space? Would it be in more rosy colors or would it have to do more with a specific situation that kind of pops to your mind? I know for myself that there was a portion of my life where I leaned into the reputation that I was not good in the kitchen. And I did so wholeheartedly because I was like, ah, then I don't have to be in the kitchen. It's, it's going to work out really well for me. <laughs> and so I had this one situation that I will forever remember. And my parents are here, and so they can validate it and say that I'm only dramatizing it a little bit. So we had uh, family and friends over one night, and we were gathered around the dining table. And mom, being the cook that she is, had prepared an incredible meal and, and gave me a slight task, just a, just a small little task. And what mom had me do was just deal with this salad that was going to be a hot salad. She's going to take the salad dressing, put it in the microwave, and bring it out for everyone. Easy. I can do that. I can press buttons on a microwave. Got it. Did the job. Put it in the bowl. Put it in the microwave. Made my way to the table. It's a little bit hot, so I've got it by the lip at this point. And I'm carrying it over to the table. Carrying it over to the table. And I make it to the table. And then as I'm saying hi to everyone, the bottom of the bowl falls out. Of, the bottom of the bowl falls out and all of the hot dressing fell with it. That's how gravity works. And so it hits the table, splashes on everyone, and I'm still holding the brim of the bowl as if to say, look, I, it wasn't my fault. You can't blame me for this. I am not to be blamed for this moment. But because of that situation, forever it was like, oh, Jason's just not that good in the kitchen. I was like, yeah, I'm not that good in the kitchen. I'm going to lean into that wholeheartedly, and I had that, that mindset around it. But then you, you move out, and you, feel, you realize you have to be in a kitchen to, to survive and to, to feed yourself, and you get a little bit better at it. You make, make some meals and have some situations where you're like, okay, i got to cook for people and learn how to cook for myself. Big meals, small meals, get better at it. And then uh, my, my fiancé and I were, were cooking dinner one night, and I was cooking a, a meal, and I soon discovered that her tendencies in the kitchen at that point were very different than mine. <laughs> and so I, I was like just doing up a steak, got some veggies on the, on the grill, looks really good, it's coming together. And I noticed like she's like hovering around me. She's like cleaning things as I'm going. I'm like, what are you doing? Like things can get dirty, we're cooking right now. And she's like, no. That's not allowed. She had a very different mindset of what cooking looks like <laughs> than myself. And, and, it, and it's silly, in all honesty, but we all have different mindsets about similar things. And we all carry mindsets. And the way we think about things impacts the way we treat others, the way that we live our lives, the way we treat ourselves, the way we perceive faith, the way we perceive family. Our mindsets are all influential guides in everything that we do. And I think at the beginning of a new season for the church, for you, for myself, there are times when it is necessary to reset your mindset. Where the manner in which you have been thinking about things regular thought processes and behavior patterns, they fall simply into you just do them because that's how you've always done things. Is that fair to say? 
that we do things for the sake of doing things rather than actually having real reason behind them sometimes. It's just the way that we've always done it, so therefore it's right. Even though we don't really have an explanation when someone asks, we just say that's how we do things. And there's moments in our lives where I think we need to reset our mindset because sometimes if we are operating on a day-to-day basis by simply doing things for the sake of doing things, we're missing out on amazing opportunities to intentionally move our lives forward into the purpose and potential that God has for us. Are you intentional with the life that you live? Are you intentional and aware of the mindsets that you carry on a day-to-day basis? Or do you just make an assumption that life looks good around me, so everything must look good within me? Often our mindset doesn't have the impact that it will until later on in our story. Maybe it's not immediate. But the mindsets that we have, they they drive our life forward. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4, 23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. These, These minds we've been given, these incredibly powerful tools that are meant to help us process and consider the world in which we live, need to be given intentionality. One of the things that I've recognized for, for, our, for us as a community, for myself, is that often when we allow our mindsets to simply wander for the sake of wandering without real intentionality and concern, we can find ourselves taking on the demeanors and the beliefs of society or those around us simply because we exist in it rather than because we actually intentionally considered it. I've noticed in the past year there was a, there was a study released by, uh, by the government of Canada that was talking about an increased level of loneliness that had kind of scaled to another degree starting in 2016. Before 2016, the percentage of individuals living, in multi, living with other people, that was the highest percentage of homes in the country. But in 2016, that number flipped. And you saw individuals living on their own at a much higher rate. And it's fascinating to see that trend start to shift in our society alongside with this growing awareness, but also growing intensity of depression, anxiety, and loneliness. There there is a a relationship between the two that seems to be direct. That we're not designed and we're not modeled to actually function in isolation. We're we're built for relationship and yet our society is starting to move towards this place where I have this mindset that I can do life on my own. I, I, I can make it happen. I can push harder. I have the will. I have the strength. I have the drive. I'm going to make it happen on my own. And then we function as individuals instead of within communities and now we see this, this increase in the levels of depression and anxiety in our community, so much so that I would argue that the mindset around it right now is that depression and anxiety is completely normal. Now, I'm not here to say that we do not need to pay attention to these very important conversations, these conversations that are very real to so many of us. But you were not designed 
to have a mind of fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You were designed to have a sound mind. God's heart for you, God's desire for you is to have a sound mind, to operate and to live your life from a place of power, from a place of love. That is what God desires for you. And so that when we feel those moments of anxiety and depression and loneliness, that is not God's heart for you. And to, to normalize it and to make that mindset that it is just the way it's going to be robs us of the opportunity to go at it with a real intentionality that that is not the way that my life is intended to be. What more could I find if I've actually found joy instead of loneliness on a day-to-day basis? So our mindsets matter. How we think, how we interact, all of that comes together. And I think this passage, our foundational text in Numbers 14, is an incredible example of the importance of examining how our mind is set. We picked up in Numbers chapter 14, but these people, their story really begins in Exodus as you go back to Egypt and you find the Israelite people are in slavery for 400 years and this group of people finally makes the decision. They start to cry out to God and the Bible says they start to cry out to God to send deliverance and God then begins to have a very interesting conversation with an individual named Moses. And Moses ends up becoming part of the story of saving the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. But it's interesting that they cried out and they asked God for deliverance and God sent them a deliverer. Because sometimes what happens in our lives is God hears our prayers and God wants to respond to them with an immense sense of love and immense sense of salvation and rescue. But the manner in which God responds to our stories is not always the exact way that we prayed for it. They asked for a deliverance and they got a deliverer. So September 2015 was our story, kind of began as a church where I, I felt this immense call of God in my life. And, and it's, it, it's really easy to isolate yourself and see all the amazing things that are going on in your story. But I've had the privilege of hearing stories of individuals who are now part of our community here at City Collective. Kirsten, this morning, she shared at Team Rally that in September 2015, she had just returned back to Canada and was praying so intentionally for a community that would end up becoming her home. In September 2015, in a completely different place, not knowing each other, she was praying for God to provide a community that she could call her family. At the exact same time, my life was flipped on its head, and then we find ourselves here today. God doesn't always answer it in the way that we most expect, but God is a God who answers. So Moses becomes part of the story of, of salvation from Egypt. And... and there's this interesting interaction between, between God and Moses and there's a burning bush and it's, it's dramatic. And God gives him the instructions that you need to go to Egypt. And Moses did what we all do in that moment and he begins to list his insecurities and his insufficiencies. And, and he lists them out really carefully saying that I, uh, 
I don't, I don't speak well. He says very specifically, I am slow of speech. And some scholars, they, they talk about it in different ways. But for some of them, they say that he might have had a lisp. Other of them, the others, they say that he just really struggled to speak in public. Others say that he just didn't speak the language particularly well. And was, he came from a double mindset and background that he just didn't have it going for him. And all these different conversations, however he fell short... He knew that he was slow of speech, and he listed that insecurity immediately, even though God was speaking directly to him. The interesting thing about that story for me is that God doesn't say what we sometimes do. He doesn't say, you know what, Moses, it's okay. I can help you with that. You'll get better. It'll be fine. He says, no, no. yeah, you do kind of suck. <laughs> I'm going to send somebody to help you out. It's going to be okay. And sometimes it's interesting to see that God is not intimidated by your insecurity. Because often when we feel the call of God in different stories or we feel this push towards faith or uh, a relationship that needs to come about or community that we need to integrate in, we often start to be as Moses and start to list our insecurities and deficiencies as to why we won't fit. And, and the response of God is, yeah, you have some of those insecurities, but that does not stop you from actually walking in the life that I have for you. Because the insecurity that you're feeling might be the thing that you think disqualifies you, but I actually think it causes you to depend on me. It is perfectly okay to not have everything in your life be perfect. <laughs> It is perfectly okay to not be good at everything. If you think church is a place for perfect people, then this is not the church that Jesus is talking about. Jesus came for, for the sick and for the broken. He came for you and for me, people who have insecurities and deficiencies in life, things that we are carrying and growing through and processing through. And he invites us into this story of love and regeneration and transformation so that we can find all those things that he promises us, hope, love, joy, that he just deeply desires for us to experience. But your insecurity and your, in, your deficiency does not intimidate God. In a lot of sense, I think that he actually takes a little bit of joy in knowing that we're going to find a moment to rely on him in a new way. Are you dependent on God? Do you have honesty in your insecurity? One of the most powerful things that you can do is bring that insecurity to the forefront and allow God to find his strength in your weakness. Because when Moses said yes to the call upon his life, that's exactly what he was doing. So God gives him a really clear instruction. And Israel is saved and it's this amazing story of, of plagues and miracles and, and a sea opening up and they go all the way through and then God... God lays out a plan, a route for them to go to what he starts to talk about as the promised land. And this promised land is something that God talks about consistently. He talks about a promised land and he talks about Egypt. But he actually never talks to Moses about the in-between. He never talks to Moses about the wilderness. 
And in Exodus 13, it actually says that they could have taken a shorter route to the promised land, but it would have taken them through the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines were the enemies of Israel. And so there was a shorter route than going through desert wilderness to get to the promised land, but God said that I don't think that you're ready for it. I don't think that you're going to be able to handle the bloodshed and and the fighting that was going to be forced on you if you took the route through the Philistines. And here's the reality of our lives is that there's a backside to every blessing that we receive. The blessing that they received was salvation from slavery, but the backside of that blessing was that there was going to be a journey to a promised land. The the blessing that we receive is a promotion. The backside we receive is the stress. The blessing we receive is responsibility. The backside we, we find is a lack of time. There is blessings that we receive in life, and there's backsides to the blessing. And sometimes we think God is delaying us from receiving the blessing, when in reality God is protecting us from actually experiencing the backside. And this, again, comes down to that place of mindset. It is so easy when our life is delayed and we're not getting things as we so desired. We're not getting to our promised land as quickly as we wanted to. We've, sure, we've seen God do incredible things. We've seen life move forward in a way that we could have never expected. But we're not at our promised land yet. And we have this mentality that God is trying to slow me down from getting where I want to go. What would happen if our mindset started to to shift and we started to see God as he presents himself, as Jesus presents himself as one of immense unconditional love and forgiveness that he wants to actually protect us on the journey so that we can be drawn closer to him because God is less concerned about the destination than he is about the journey. He wants the journey to be one of meaning that you can actually discover what it means to be loved to be seen, to be known for for the first time in your life in a way that is unlike any other relationship you will ever experience. Christianity is so different than any other world's religion. And sometimes we've manipulated it. We've turned Christianity into this, this situation where I need to do good to get good. I need to actually do A, B, C, D in order for God to love me. But that's not the way it works with Jesus. Jesus is this this disruptive figure in history. That he comes on the scene with this message saying that the love that I have for you is already freely given. It is already available to you. It is always going to be there. I'm never going to stop loving you. I can never love you more than what I love you right now. And I could never love you less. Would you just receive it? Unlike anything that had ever come to this planet. This idea of unconditional love that Jesus presents. But if our mindset is not one of that unconditional love, it's really easy to be in the wilderness and be like, God, why am I in the wilderness? Why am I stuck here? Why why am I not in the promised land that you talk to me about over and over and over again? That's what it would have felt like for them. So they get to to the border of Canaan, the promised land that God had so laid out for them. And they'd finally, they finally got to the spot that God had promised from the very beginning. And it was just as God said it would be. 
rich agricultural land flowing with milk and with honey. It was exactly as God outlined for them. The only thing was they sent in a, a team of spies to take a look and the spies came back with this report saying, yeah, it's everything that God said and more except there are giants there and we would have to fight them. There are giants there, but we would have to fight them. But yet, the promise of God was never devalidated. There are moments in our life where we step into our perceived promised land. We start to move towards the different things that God has for us. And we know that God is saying that this is going to be good for you. You're going to step into more responsibility. You're going to start moving into your purpose. You're going to start to feel real fulfillment in the positions that you're moving into. But then the minute we come up against any kind of opposition, we immediately think this can't be God because it's not easy for me to walk into. Why do we think that the blessing of God has to be something that we easily receive? Because we think that the destination is the most important thing that we receive from God and not the journey. But if we recognize that the journey is what God is really inviting us on, this journey of discovering who we are and who we are to him, then we're going to realize that every bit of that journey to the promise that he set before us, the promise that he has never stopped being true to, the promise of milk and honey and rich land that was true all the way through, that might have had some opposition, that is just as important as it, as it is when they get to the other side. I believe that every single person here regardless of where you are currently on your journey of faith, has a promise from God of immense blessing. And it may not feel like that right now in life. And blessing doesn't have to look like one way. I think that when we hear the word blessing, we immediately think financial or we immediately think of like growth or expansion in different ways. But what if blessing is a singular relationship that you need in your life to actually cause you to feel whole? What, what, if, what if the blessing that God has for you is actually the opportunity to start operating in your gifting in a way that you've never done so before? And what if blessing is financial opportunity in ways that you didn't think so in the previous days and right now it doesn't feel like that is even remotely possible? When I reflect upon our journey at City Collective, when we started in 2015, we had less than $1,000 in the bank account. Uh, not 2015, 2017 when we moved out here. We had less than $1,000 in the bank account wanting to start the church. And then we were like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Where are we going to get all the stuff? How are we going to do this? How is it all going to come together? And the blessing of God was, was people along the way that started to make connections. And those connections provided opportunity. And then when we launched the church, in an immense miracle at the very end, we had almost $100,000 coming at the very end. And we raised $200,000 over the course of nine months to, to start City Collective and to actually have some st stability into year one. And so that, that, that can happen. But can I also say that maybe the greatest blessing here in the lower mainland for myself has been relationships and connections that have shifted my life. 
What is the blessing that your heart desires? And how could God maybe provide for it in a different way than you're currently expecting? Boldness and blessing are the two words for us going into this upcoming year. We believe that God takes care of the blessing and we're responsible for the boldness. The people of Israel saw the promised land. They saw the blessing that was ready and waiting for them. But they lacked that boldness in that moment to step into the promised land. But I think boldness gets misconstrued sometimes as simply this this random, blind push towards what you think you should be pushing towards. Boldness is the direction of your heart's affection. Boldness is based upon who you found yourself in. If what, what had happened for the people of Israel is that they got to the promised land, they got to that border, they got to that moment where they had the opportunity to operate with boldness and receive the blessing that God had for them, but instead they still had found themselves identifying as slaves in Egypt that had it better in a previous life. They had not shifted their mindset on their journey because they were so consumed with the promised land that they had to get to. But the journey that they were on was so vital to shift the mindset that they needed for the promised land. Do you have the mindset you need right now to receive the blessing that God actually has for you? Can you be a good steward of the finances that God wants to bless you with? Can you be a good friend to the person that he wants to connect you with? Can you be generous with your time and with your energy to the community that he wants to plug you into? Has the journey been meaningful and have you embraced it as an opportunity to prepare yourself for the blessing that God has for you? I believe that every single person here has an opportunity to receive God's blessing in this next year. Whatever that might look like. But that's God's responsibility. Your responsibility is to ask yourself, what would boldness look like in this next season for you? What would it look like to live a life of boldness? To live with your foundation in the right things. Not out of your own strength, but out of a strength that comes from God and God alone. They found themselves with a negative and a poor mentality. A mindset that stopped them from receiving the blessing that God had specifically for them. Boldness. And blessing. It's interesting when Paul talks about boldness in, in 2 Corinthians, he talks about boldness as, as a fruit of the Spirit. He talks about it as something that is born out of hope, that when we have our hope in the right place, boldness is the natural outflow of that. That if we can be bold with our lives, if we can be bold with the things that we do and the relationships that we build, it's going to come from this hope that we find in Jesus. That boldness out of our own strength is always going to be found lacking. 
It's going to drain us. It's going to pull us farther away from where we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to go. But when we have our hope in the right place, our hope in Jesus, hope in a Savior that gives us that story of unconditional love and unconditional grace and unconditional forgiveness that we can get nowhere else, when we find our hope directly in that, then boldness is possible. There is, there is boldness in this room. To be bold in your workplaces and in your schools. To be bold in your families and in your communities. To be bold with your church and with your friends. Bold about the things that compel you to move forward in the, in the purposes that God has. When you are passionate and founded in the right thing, how easily does your boldness flow out of that? we have a father who's waiting at all times to receive us we asked the question at our team rally this morning what's one of your earliest memories at a, at a birthday party and this isn't out of a birthday party but it is one of my earliest memories it was the first year I played basketball and I was I was like nine or ten and, and it was a great year with a great group of boys and a great team and we got to the finals that year and and it was a close game and the game was was going all the way through and at the very end we hit a couple shots I hit a shot I felt great and I was like this is the greatest moment of my life it was at that point but I don't remember a ton after that 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 shot except for this that the game ended the game ended and I, I looked at my team and I looked around the floor I looked at my, my dad sitting in the corner and he was up on his feet and he had this big smile on his face. And he, and he didn't come to me and he didn't motion, he didn't try to get my attention. He just kind of stood there glowing with pride and excitement and arms, arms wide hoping that I'm going to come over. And I went over and I gave my dad a big hug in that moment. And I always remember that. But, but I, I remember what my dad said next. And, and I was like, I'm so glad I hit that shot. And my dad said, I would still be hugging you if you didn't. And that's the love of God for us. That I can live life to the fullest. That I can pursue passions that he places on my heart. That I can live with an assurance and with a hope. Live with boldness knowing that the blessing that is always waiting for me is a father's love, arms wide, ready to be freely given, irregardless of the mistakes that I've made. Boldness and blessing is for each and every one of us. I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads here for a quick second. Just for, just for a moment, for privacy's sake. If, you, if you're here in this moment and you're ready to, to consider this idea of unconditional love and forgiveness, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. Just, just a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. And that's not everything that you and God need to talk about. But it's the beginning of the conversation. 
if you give Jesus your life, he will put his life in you. You will belong to him and, and he will never leave you nor will he abandon you. New life, new beginnings, new future will happen right now. So right now, if, if, if this is just a, a small prayer that you would like to pray, just, just whisper to yourself, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. If this is your moment, if this is for you today, this is the moment where your future begins anew. And I want to pray for you. If this was your decision, if this is a prayer that you prayed and you want to really take that step, this prayer is one to invite you. Jesus, I give you my life. So, Father, we invite you into this place and thank you for your unconditional love and grace that our hope is found in you and our boldness comes out of that hope. But it's a hope in this unconditional love and grace that comes only through your son, Jesus. That though we didn't deserve it, you came for us. Though we didn't ask for all the right things and have it all put together, you still loved us. I pray for every person right here, right now, that in that small moment, in that small still voice they said Jesus I give you my life I pray that you would just make yourself known to them that they would feel this immense burden lifted off their shoulders and that you would stir something anew in them and for those in this room that are feeling challenged into this next season hoping that blessing could be on the horizon Thank you that blessing is your responsibility and boldness is ours. So we just invite your presence to fill us with this hope so that boldness can come out of everything that we do. And it will be this outward expression of this inward condition that we're currently wanting to move into and to experience in a powerful new way. Thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you for all that you're working inside of us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for a Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.